Our first reading this morning is taken from 1 Kings 3, chapters 1 to 15. Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and married his daughter. He brought her to the city of David until he finished building his palace and the temple of the Lord and the wall around Jerusalem. The people, however, were still sacrificing at the high places because the temple had not yet been built for the name of the Lord. Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the statutes of his father David, except that he offered sacrifices and burned incense on the high places. The king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important high place, and Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God said, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered, You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and give him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong, for who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, Since you have asked for this, and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart, so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both riches and honour, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in my ways and obey my statutes and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon awoke, and he realised that it had been a dream. He returned to Jerusalem stood before the Ark of the Lord's Covenant and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. Then he gave a feast for all his court. If God said to you, you can have anything you want, what would you ask for? God seems pleasantly surprised when Solomon doesn't ask for a long life, or for wealth, or for the death of his enemies. Instead, he humbly asks for a listening heart, so that he'll be able to do a good job as king. It's a wise choice. God's response is to give him what he asks for and riches and honour into the bargain. And when it comes to being a great king, Solomon is up there with the best of them. Fabulous wealth, legendary wisdom, a peaceful and prosperous reign. As many wives as he wanted, though I find one is more than enough. 
Yet God knew what he was doing when he said to Solomon he could have whatever he wanted. Because he knew that already in Solomon there was a core of wisdom, enough wisdom to know that wisdom was what he needed to do a good job of governing the nation. If Solomon had been ignorant or foolish or stupid, he wouldn't have thought of asking for wisdom in the first place. When God was giving Solomon wisdom, he was adding to a core of wisdom that was already there. Solomon was wise enough to know what he didn't yet know. But where did Solomon get this this core of wisdom from? In part, at least, he got it from his dad. Now, David was far from perfect. In fact, Solomon's mum was Bathsheba, whose readiness to take a bath on the roof of the house next to the palace led directly to David committing adultery with her and arranging for her husband to be killed in battle. It was the low point in David's career. And it's most unlikely that Solomon was in blissful ignorance of his father's failings in that particular department. Yet, when David died... Solomon could look back on his father's life. And the overall assessment was that despite his mistakes, David had walked before God in integrity, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart. David had lived the kind of life which meant that for Solomon, as he grew up, walking in his father's footsteps and loving God were one and the same thing. David showed his love for God by how he lived, and Solomon was able to show his love for God by following David's example. Fathers, take note. But now David was dead, and it was no longer a matter of following his example. His example wasn't there to be followed. Solomon needed to step in to his dad's shoes, and David was a hard act to follow, and Solomon was acutely aware of his own shortcomings. Yet here he was, the new king of Israel, shouldering the burden of responsibility for the welfare of the nation as a whole, and he felt totally inadequate. In his prayer, he says, God, you've made me king in place of my father, but I feel just like a little child. I've no idea where to begin. I don't know how to carry out my duties. I don't know how to fulfill my responsibilities. No wonder then he asks for wisdom. Because wisdom was what he needed more than anything else at that point in time. And he knew he needed needed wisdom because he was aware of the responsibility he carried as ruler of the nation. A responsibility that meant that he wasn't free, even though he was king, simply to do whatever he wanted, whenever he felt like it. That was David's mistake. David's act of adultery with Solomon's mother had been a moment of pure, lust-filled, selfish pleasure-seeking, with disastrous consequences for him and for everyone else involved. Solomon knew which bits of his father's life were worthy of imitation and which bits were best avoided. The reason why Solomon asked for wisdom rather than riches, a long life, or the death of his enemies was because he knew that his life wasn't just about him. It couldn't be. Because as king of the nation, he had responsibilities for the well-being of all the people he governed. 
he could see that how he lived his life would have major repercussions for the entire nation, and he didn't want to let them down. And so because of that responsibility he had for other people, he asked for wisdom. Because he knew that life wasn't just about him and what he wanted out of it. None of us here carries that level of responsibility that rested on Solomon's shoulders. But that basic lesson remains true for each and every one of us as well. Your life is not just about you. If you choose to live your life that way, you will cause heartache and anguish, anguish and damage for those around you and probably end up being unhappy yourself into the bargain. The reality is that none of us has the freedom and autonomy to live our own life purely as we choose to follow what we want with disregard for everybody else. Because we're all born into a network of relationships with family or friends, and this means that however we choose to live our lives, whatever decisions we make, these things have an impact on those around us. None of us lives in a vacuum. We all affect those around us and are affected by them. And Solomon was aware that as king of the nation, whatever he did would have an impact on countless people. He saw his own potential to bring vast amounts of well-being or harm to the nation as a whole. And because he recognised that responsibility to other people, he asked for wisdom to govern well. Hence his prayer, which God was so pleased to answer. So again, I come back to my opening question. If God were to offer you whatever you wanted, what would you go for? What leaps to mind? Winning the lottery? Living for as long as you want? Having an edge over your competitors? All those things focus upon me what I want, my desires, my enjoyment. And God isn't into indulging our every whim or fantasy. God is into enabling us to live our lives responsibly and well. Because this life is his gift to you. It's entrusted to you to make the most of it. And actually, simply and purely by virtue of being here in Horsham, In the 21st century, all of us here are immensely privileged. Already, purely and simply by living here and now, most of us enjoy a relatively high degree of material prosperity, high life expectancy, good opportunities for self-advancement. God has already given you so much. The question is not, what have I got? The question is, What am I going to do with it? How am I going to use it? Will more of the same make you happy? More money sort out your problems? Having a longer life perhaps make it seem more worthwhile? Having greater success at work giving you the self-esteem you feel you need? If we're not making good use of what we have already, having more of it isn't going to make any difference. The key is wisdom. 
Part of being an adult is being responsible for my life and responsible as well for the well-being of those around me. Recognising how I live my life impacts on others. Adulthood brings unavoidable responsibility and with responsibility comes accountability. And if you recognise that, you have the same core of wisdom that Solomon had when he asked for a listening heart so that he might do a good job of fulfilling his responsibilities. You run away from responsibility, you run away from God. Because God calls you to shoulder your burden of responsibilities and offers you grace and wisdom you need to do that if you ask him. A listening heart. That's what Solomon asked for. The ability to hear and discern God's still, small voice whispering in our minds words of truth and love. It's a voice that can easily be drowned out by the clamour of other voices demanding our attention, our loyalty, our time, our money, promising us the world in return. God's still small voice will be different. Doug Hammarskjöld was General Secretary to the United Nations. He was killed in a plane crash in 1961. Everybody thought of him as a secular humanist. But his diaries recorded his own personal engagement with God and the difference that made to him. At one point he wrote, at that moment I did answer yes to someone or something. And from that hour I was certain that existence is meaningful and that therefore my life in self-surrender had a goal. In that encounter with God, he understood what his life was all about. God didn't make you to blunder aimlessly through life. The key to finding life's meaning lies in self-surrender to the one who made you and gave the gift of life to you, in listening for that still small voice and in following his wisdom in living life well. And we only get one shot at it. That recognition alone can be quite daunting. So don't mess it up. Stop thinking of yourself purely as an individual. It's a mindset that's developed in the UK over the past 50 years, but it's not a Christian perspective on life. Life was made to be lived in partnership with each other and with God. We are all relational human beings, fundamentally deep down, with responsibilities to others in our network of relationships. We have the capacity to enrich them and be enriched in return. If we screw up and make a mess, they will be caught in the fallout. At the beginning of his life, Solomon asks for wisdom and gets it. At the end of his life, he goes off the rails. This is a reminder to us all that how we finish is what's important, not how we start. The Bible says he stopped listening to God and started listening to his wives instead. Well, there were too many of them. But when he stopped listening to God, the whole nation suffered. We need to keep our hearts tuned in to God. And the good news that is that he's a God of grace and forgiveness. If we lose the frequency, if we make wrong or bad decisions and end up in the wrong place, doing the wrong thing with the wrong people, God will always provide a way back 
if we ask him. That's what the Lord's Supper is about. It reminds us that Jesus came for people who get it wrong, who don't always ask for wisdom and don't implement it when we get it. Brings us the reassurance of God's love for us, despite what we've done. Assures us of God's forgiveness, despite the pain and damage we've caused. Reminds us of the opportunity for a fresh start, no matter how long it might have been since we last did the right thing. Solomon, as a young man, knew what he lacked. He asked God for wisdom. God answered his prayer. What do you need from God this morning? You were created and loved by a God who gave Jesus Christ his only son to you and for you. How will he not also with his son graciously give you all things? Love. Forgiveness. Grace. Guidance. Wisdom. Ask. Trust. He does give. He's generous and faithful. And this is the place where he meets with us all, if our hearts are open to him.